This is the Christian Life Coach Collective, and I'm your host, Laura Malone. We're talking all things coaching, concepts, tips, tools, self-coaching, mindset, faith foundations, and definitely entrepreneurship because I want to support your calling as a coach and help you build a thriving online business with God as your CEO. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here we go. Today we're talking about focusing on who you serve and developing how you serve them from that focus. It's in marketing, it in business, we call it a niche, N-I-C-H-E. Some people call it a niche, but I like the fancy version, tomato, not tomato. So I go niche, not niche. And um, it's basically having a focus on a specific group of people with a specific type of problem that you create a specific coaching solution or service or product in order to serve them the best that you can. So it's like becoming a steakhouse and not a great diner that, you know, can feed anybody and everybody, but instead a steakhouse where there's always full reservations because everybody knows you're an expert at serving up the best steak in town, right? So let's talk about a couple of things around the the myths and fears and the resistance of actually focusing on a niche. And I want you to think of it this way because everybody in business that I hear out in the world talking about a niche says to choose one. I'm going to challenge you and invite you to create one rather than saying, okay, there's a drop down list and I'm forced into choosing something from a list that the world has told me I can choose from. It's not really true. (laughs) You can just create your own. And you can actually create your own niche by figuring out what God has given you to bring to the world. Ta-da! Like, it's that simple, which I know that's not simple. So many people are like, what was I made for? What am I called to? Well, I love to help you with that too, and specifically so that you can figure out what you're supposed to do with it. But let's talk about a couple of things that really make my clients and my students rise up in resistance about focusing on a niche. Number one, I'm going to tell you, it is not a limit. As long as you see a niche and a focus as a limitation on you, that you are controlled in this way, that you're trapped here then you're going to miss out on all the benefits of it. And you probably just don't know the benefits and how much they outweigh the things that you're afraid of. I know this from experience and that I truly believe I can help anyone with anything because I'm called and I'm equipped to do that. So I know I have coaching tools that can pretty much help anybody with anything, but that doesn't mean I should. doesn't mean I want to doesn't mean they all want me just because I have coaching experience and coaching methods and tools and I can intuitively help them in some maybe even intangible way so that they can get tangible results. But I also have Holy Spirit guiding me in it. However, I learned after a very long time of coaching that I was kind of all over the place And because I wasn't focused on one tree, I wasn't cutting down any tree. That's using the analogy from the book Essentialism by Greg McCown. If you need to get something done, it's like you're looking looking into the backyard and you see 
a yard full of trees. But you want to take one particularly tree down. In order to do that, you have to have two things. You have to have the right tool, meaning you need an axe, not a bat. And consistent focus, meaning hit one tree multiple times with the right tool and that tree will come down. If you go out and hit every tree in the yard every day, even with the right tool, you won't take any trees down. And I was using all the tools in my box, including the bat, and I was hitting all the trees that I could find. I was just coaching whoever needed a coach. I was coaching whoever was in front of me, whatever their needs were. And honestly, that builds up so much experience for me, but it was also kind of exhausting. And when the Lord told me it was time to multiply through coaching and training coaches, that was my first go at truly niching down. Honestly, it's the best decision in my business I could ever have made. Rather than continuing to help many people like a general surgeon can, I became, I began to learn how to become a specialist heart, heart surgeon, right? With the ability to help those with a specific problem because I learned more deeply about what they need and want and how to meet them in the place where they are. Because I too was really resistant, mainly because I hate to leave people out. I'm very inclusive and collaborative in nature, and I really wasn't sure if it was going to help my business. I didn't understand the benefits of it. But when you hear the Lord give you direction, you need to go with it. So when he said multiply by teaching coaches what you know and supporting and equipping them, then that was my only option. My spirit's like, yes, regardless of what my soul wanted, my spirit was going to lead all the other ideas and turn them to go down a different road because that's what God said. Because there is no better business decision than the one that the captain of the the angelic army, the angelic host in heaven, and the greatest life coach ever guides you to make, okay? No better decision than what God, your CEO, leads you into. So through focusing on a niche, you will find yourself able to position your business and brand to actually reach the right people more specifically and better, which doesn't mean leaving people out. It just means getting focused on helping a certain group of people more, uh, more deeply with better results. So if you have a heart condition, do you want to go to the general surgeon who's worked on hearts some, but spends their time triaging like all kinds of situations for people with all kinds of problems? Or do you want to go to the one who only works on hearts all of the time and has so many years of experience and wisdom and knowledge in the area that you actually need help in to maintain your life? <laughs> like, which one do you want? Sometimes all you can get is a general surgeon and you'll take what you can get and you don't throw a fit, right? But if you have an option, if there's a choice in front of you, if you need heart surgery, you want a heart surgeon. So the number number two thing I want to tell you is that when you focus on a niche, it doesn't mean you can't coach other people who don't fit inside that focus. People are always going to come to you if you're a good coach to see if you can help them regardless of their niche, regardless of your niche or your marketing, your language, your brand. If you're a great coach, people are always going to go, well, will you coach me? And you can just say, oh, wow, I actually coach this group of people. And you're the you're the business owner. So nobody's actually telling you, you can't coach somebody who's not your business's ideal client and target audience. If you primarily market to and work with 
say postmortem postpartum moms. Nobody's going to tell you you have to say no to the mom whose youngest child is three or 10 or 25. That's up to you. If you only market to women and you primarily help them lose weight, but some, you know, man walks up and says, I want to enroll in your coaching. Well, that's your choice to make. As long as you're not changing and morphing yourself to fit into molds that you think other people want you to, to fit into, I say go for it. But do it because you choose to, not because it's compulsory or you have to or because you're trying to meet everybody's needs and expectations. Here's what I suggest. This is my solution to this problem. Give yourself a guideline. Focus on learning how to be a heart surgeon for the people with a specific need. Learn everything you can about them. Just zoom in. Then gain all the experience and wisdom in this area for as long as you can. But also create a list of people who you'd like to help along the way if they appear in front of you. You don't have to go market and try to get other people in addition to it and spend all your time doing that. But if people pop up in front of you or you feel like God is leading somebody to you or, you know, Holy Spirit is like, hey, that person needs you, offer coaching to them, then you know that you'd like to say yes to them because you believe you can serve them well. But say no to the people who you can't serve well. If you really don't have the tools for somebody and you can't always help everybody, then let them be free to go find someone who does. Don't get in the way of the right coach for them. If you're a heart surgeon, you're spending all of your time in that specialty, meaning you're not equipped to do hip hip replacement surgery, right? And if you think you are, (laughs) if you think as as a heart surgeon that you're equipped to do a hip replacement, you need to ask some friends what they think, okay? You need to get some like external feedback. Okay, it's kind of like going to a dentist who knows, he tells you he's really good at root canals. I'm going to tell you don't do it. Go find a specialist. Specialist is called an endodontist. Get the care you need. Ask me how I know. Okay, well, when you know who you will coach outside of your niche, then you have a solid decision made ahead of time. You know who you'll say yes to. You know who you'll say no to. And that gives you the care, the, the clarity that you need so that you feel confident when you give your answer. The third thing is a niche is not forever. So don't be fatalistic about this, right? You can add to your niche and your ideal audience later if you like, but I do highly recommend that you narrow it down in the beginning so you have greater focus with results, which results in greater results. Then if you become a heart surgeon, you recognize what you can add to your specialty. So you can zoom in on infants or you can zoom out to overall vascular health, right? Cardiovascular health. And and maybe at some point you come to a place of awareness that your niche needs to pivot, which is okay too, and there'll be grace to do it if you cross that bridge. But don't build a bridge you don't need to cross, right? In addition, your ideal client will evolve over time. This happens for everybody. And you're going to learn more about who you want to work with and who really needs what you specifically can offer and what kinds of coaching solutions you enjoy offering, what kind of problems you like helping with, but also pay attention to the people who gravitate towards you, especially as you begin to create content to share and serve your ideal audience through content creation and nourishing them and emails and um, organic marketing platforms, things like that, you're going to find that people with certain problems begin to believe 
that you can offer coaching solutions that they would want. If you become aware of this, the people who gravitate towards you and you evaluate it every so often, it's going to serve you really well in the results and the kinds of offers that you create and the direction you take your business. Okay, number four is go coach 100 people and you're going to learn everything you need to know. (laughs) So the founder of professional coaching, the late Thomas Leonard said this, if you want to have a full coaching practice, your best strategy is to go out and coach 100 people as quickly as you can. So first, you're going to get experience. Second, you're going to get paid something along the way. Third, you'll find out what you enjoy and what you don't, both in people that you enjoy and don't, and problems you enjoy solving and what you don't. And fourth, you'll discover who you're called to coach and who you're just willing to coach. I remember I used to work with women starting a business, women who needed relationship coaching, women who need more balance or more confident or wanted help in their household, wanted help in their body image, and so on and so on and so on. And I developed a lot of skill, experience, and tools to be able to help them all. But I never became a specialist in one of those areas where I could help all the women who needed more confidence, all the women who needed to start a business. Now that I've niched down to helping coaches start businesses, then I love it. And all of the times that I helped women start a business and all the research I did, the the working through it all, I learned so much about the types of things that held them back, that kept them less confident, that let that made them feel greater fear. Like I, I learned so much, not just about the logistical side of starting a business, but the inner workings of a person's soul while they're trying to do something like that. So I learned a lot by not being niched down, but I didn't grow my business. I wasn't able to consistently create content around all of these things because they were ethereal in a lot of ways. They were very intangible. And even though I believe intangible root results are what actually get you the tangible fruit results, I will say that a bunch of intangible that you never see to fruition uh, it doesn't really send you to bed with a huge sense of accomplishment at the end of the night, right? So number five, a niche focus helps you overcome your fear of rejection. And this is how. <laughs> this one goes along with my belief of going out and getting 100 no's. Yeah, go get a 100 people to say no to you They don't need to be coached. They don't want you to coach them. They don't want your coaching offer. This builds up your ability to handle rejection in every area of life, side note, and learn how to handle it so it doesn't stop you from being successful. Every coach gets a lot of no's because nobody is the right coach at the right time offering the right offer to everybody. When you have a goal to be told no to coaching 100 times, make it 200, that's fine, I think that was a slip, then you will learn to see it's not personally about you, it's about them. They're saying they are not your right client. You have to go get the no's to get to find the yeses from the people who are your right client. It feels much better too. Like when you frame it this way, you realize 
you're choosing clients you want to work with rather than them deciding if you're right for them. Little side story here. Uh, Six years ago, I had the opportunity to meet with a publishing agent, actually two of them. The idea of it back then, since I wasn't currently writing a book, was daunting, but I did it because I knew it would be a learning opportunity. And I I sat there wondering, is she going to like me? Is she going to like my book idea? And will I be chosen, right? I wasn't, thank God. (laughs) But this year, I had another opportunity because I went to the same conference for Christian female communicators called She Speaks. And I met another agent about a book I am actually working on. I have three different books that I'm working on. And the Lord spoke to me about this particular one that is for women, specifically for women who want to go from victimhood into victory in their thought lives. And then they want to actually manifest it. They want to do something with it. They want to become women of impact, kingdom bringers. They want to go from being, you know, the orphan Hadassah to Queen Esther in their life. They want to look at their story. They want to see what it is. They want to overcome all of these fears and they want to move into powerful story maker living. They want to create legacies, right? Some of them can do it through coaching, but there's a lot of different ways you can step into your story and manifest that. And I'm writing that book as I build out the Esther Society, which is the women's division of Sterling and Stone Mentoring. So it's kind of like sister to the coaching side called to coach coaching side, right? And I have, this has been something that the Lord's been speaking to me for years about. And I work with women in crisis response that I've, you know, we've done that's our ministry that we've had for 17 years. I've done it in coaching for the majority of my life. And I understand these things about women. I have a passion to see them set free. So now when I'm writing this book and I'm presenting it, my heart is attached more deeply to whether I'm told yes or no. However, (laughs) the difference this year that I really, really strongly felt and I stepped into on purpose, I made a committed decision about this, is I went into this meeting wondering, is she the right agent for me? Is this publishing house the one I want? Is this what I need? Is this what I would choose? Because it's not about, when you know you're called to something, like coaching, and say you're called to a specific group of people to serve them the way God gave you the ability to serve them, that's your niche. That's essentially what we're talking about. Um, You... You know you're called, so you know you're going to do the thing because you're called to it. God called you to it, so he's going to equip you to it, and then he's going to send you the people that you need. That's the end of the story. That is right there, the faith story. That's what you need to believe and commit to and decide and live from that, okay? I know this about this book, so I don't care if an agent tells me no. Fine. I'll, a hundred agents can tell me, no, we're not interested. That's awesome because if you're not interested... I'm not interested either because you're not the right person for me. The agent I have will be so powerfully impacted that they're not going to care about the things that other houses, publishing houses care about because they want what I bring to the table. That's how I feel about coaching clients. They want what I have. I'm not going to manufacture something I don't have to give or I don't want to give for somebody else just because that's what they want. That's what other people were created for. 
I'm an arm in the body. Somebody else is the leg. Somebody else is the elbow. Somebody else is the eye. Like, go find those people. Those are your coaches, right? And honestly, this agent, she was so nice. We could probably be friends. But the things her publishing house is focused on don't align with my focus and values and what they're asking me to do, what they would want from me as an author right now at this time of my life. It's not what I'd willingly willingly agree to. It's going to require me to go do things I don't care to do. And doing things I don't want to do requires me to say no to things that I do want to do, priorities. And that's just out of alignment for me. And God didn't say, "This this is your person, this is the house, right? So when she suggested I self-publish in order to build up my numbers of people, which is what a traditional publishing house requires in order to like justify the risk they take on you, I took it as a confirmation. There, her no is a confirmation that this, is again, is just a learning opportunity. It's a step in the stage of and the journey that I'm on. I didn't take it personally. I didn't feel heartbroken. I didn't even feel slightly disappointed. Why? Because I was interviewing her. I went into the meeting fully aware that if this house and this agent wasn't right for me, I'm automatically not right for them. And that's not rejection. That's wise decision making. So when you have niche clarity, which I consider calling clarity, you have the ability to interview other people so that you only work with the people you'll enjoy coaching. You'll have confidence to refer them elsewhere or simply just not offer to work with them. You can let them enjoy what you offer them in the discovery call or a free session, but you don't have to email them ways to work with you. Instead, just let them know, like, I'm not the right coach for you, but I truly hope you find the right place to land or whatever you need to do to help them go a different direction, because that's going to help you build a sustainable coaching practice that lights you up instead of drags you down. Ultimately, I know that when you first start out, It feels really hard to just dive right into only one niche focus. But as you explore and work with multiple people, I have one suggestion. With each client you work with, identify the problem they need help solving and decide what niche would they actually fit into, right? So if a niche is made up of like the coaching solution solves a specific problem and there's a group of people with this problem, what would that solution and problem and group of people be? Like, how would you describe them? So for example, if you work with women and to begin, you just have a heart to see all women know their identity in Christ and know that they, you know, really believe they're worthy of being loved. Well, first of all, that's your calling and your heart in it, but it is not your niche. It's not your assignment. It's part of a foundation, but it's not a floor of the building and it's not a room in the house. If multiple women come to you for coaching or take you up on your offer to coach them, you'll just want to identify the types of problems they have and get clarity about this actual client. So you might find yourself working with some moms who work full-time, who want work-life balance, and maybe also some wives who want help in their marriages or relationships with their in-laws. Maybe you'll work with some middle-aged women who want to advance in their career and make more money, but they feel like they hit a ceiling. Some women uh, who want to start over, but they don't know how. Likely you're going to tell me you want all of them to know more about who they are in their Heavenly Father's eyes and that they all deserve somebody to guide them and you would be right. But you can't help every woman in the world figure out who she is in Jesus. Like, you can't help all of them. 
You can identify with some and you have solutions that will help some, but not all of them. So think about which of these women have you been? Which has a problem you feel really able to help solve? And which has a problem that stumps you when you end the session and you feel like I did not help them very much? Like pay attention and actually know the answer. Which one is walking a road you've never been on? Which one has a mindset or attitude or personality that you don't really care to coach, like um, very fearful or pessimistic, negative, whatever? Like, if you don't enjoy that, you need to pay attention to who it is. Don't just blame it on like, well, it's just her. I don't like her. Um, actually think about what what are her real problems because you weren't able to help solve them. You're not able to guide this particular person. And there's a reason why. Don't blame it on her. Just evaluate it. If you get clear by asking these questions and going deeper, then you're going to get clear about who you want to work with. And I can tell you that the people you want to work with are the ones you can really help. If you can't help somebody get great results, you will not feel great about what the work you're doing. So you're not going to wake up excited about your day. And when you're not excited about your day, it makes you want to go back to Egypt. Like at least you had salt for your manna, right? You don't want to do that. Let's not go backwards. Just evaluate where you're really at honestly and say, if I understood that my niche focus was this group of people and this is the problem they suffer from, like the they all have this in common, it manifests differently in each of their lives. They all want different things. They see it differently, but I'm going to become an expert on this foundational problem that they all share And I'm going to help all of them the best. I'm going to become a specialist in that area. I'm going to remain focused. I'm going to create content around it. I'm going to find out the language that they have. And I'm going to show this one small group of people that it might be 10 people. It might be hundreds or thousands of people that you can help. But if you get focused on helping them, you will go so much deeper with them and you will help them reach so much higher because they deserve your attention. It's like the more kids you have, your your attention is uh, divided, right? So if you're going to, to focus across all of these different topics and niches and problems and people, you need to be aware that you have less to give each one of the people. So... I'm hoping that this helps you understand why a focus is really important and that you can create a niche. You don't have to just choose from a drop-down list. You're not locked in. It's not a limitation. You're not being forced into this either. (laughs) And it doesn't mean you can't coach other people and be inclusive in some way. It's not forever. It's going to evolve. You're going to learn and grow and get more aware of your people and yourself. And you can actually use your niche to be able to um, learn more about who you are and what you have to offer and also overcome this whole fear of rejection that people struggle with because you know who you serve well and you can actually confidently tell people no rather than listening um, listening to people tell you no and thinking it's about you because you stink right? It's just not true. Stop believing that. You wouldn't want your you wouldn't want your clients to believe it, so you stop believing it, okay? All right. I hope this helps you and encourages you, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember, all the things are possible because you love Jesus and he loves you back. 
I hope that you loved this episode and you feel challenged, inspired, and encouraged. If you're a coach or you want to be one, jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group so we can connect over there. And to work with me, grab the links in the show notes to get quick clarity about your calling as a coach and entrepreneur, as well as how to get trained as a coach with Sterling and Stone and start your own business. Bless you, friend.